everyone, this is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Network. The FCPA Compliance Network Report is sponsored by the Red Flag Group. The Red Flag Group is a business advisory, information services, technology firm that helps clients manage risk areas across four key risk areas, including sales and sales channels, includes distributors, resellers, and partners, suppliers, customers, and human capital. Check out more information on the Red Flag Group at their website, www.redflaggroup.com. Today I am in a series of the 10 Hallmarks of Compliance This is a series I've wanted to do for some time. So this uh, podcast is going to be quite a bit different. It's going to be short, right? Three minutes or so. And we're going to go into specific hallmarks of the Best practices articulated by the Department of Justice and Security and Exchange Commission in the 2012 FCPA guidelines. This series is based upon my general work on doing compliance, which is a portion title of doing compliance, designed, created, and effective and structured compliance program. You can check out my book at Compliance Week. You can go to their site, www.compliancewood.com, and click under Thought Leadership. Then, in-depth reports and scroll down, you'll see my books available. So I hope uh, you will uh, check it out. I hope this uh, podcast series might interest you in learning a little bit more about the actual food. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. And today I conclude my 10-part podcast series on the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program by looking at hallmark number 10, mergers and acquisitions, pre-acquisition due diligence, and post-acquisition integration. This hallmark number 10 is one that the Department of Justice has made clear is extremely important to help a company prevent uh, either obtaining uh, FCPA liability from a merger or acquisition, but also on the business side of things. And that's because if you have bought a company or merged with a company that was engaging in bribery and corruption and you discover this, you're not going to be able to uh, utilize those contracts or book those contracts or do that work going forward. Obviously, this can have significant uh, residual uh, value issues for the company, and it may be that you would have to write off an investment. So we've had situations where companies have had to write off investments simply because they didn't engage in accurate or adequate pre-acquisition due diligence. turned out that the company had obtained a large number of their uh, contracts through bribery and corruption, and they couldn't utilize those contracts or couldn't book the value of those contracts going forward. So uh, inadequate due diligence can lead to, of course, uh, allowing a course of bribery to continue with the attendant harm to a company's profitability and reputation, as well as potential civil and criminal liability under the FCPA. So this is becoming more and more important and more and more critical uh, going forward. I think uh, it was the 2012 guidance which got uh, most compliance practitioners to really think about pre-acquisition due diligence uh, as opposed to post-acquisition integration. So this is um, an area that many practitioners had not focused on previously, 
But the department made clear in the FCPA guidance in the form of one of the declinations listed that where a company had identified uh, potential improper payments to local government officials as part of its pre-acquisition due diligence, uh, investigated, corrected, and remediated those issues after acquisition, the company did not face FCPA liability. And I think that's where you're going to um, find yourself uh, in the pre-acquisition phase. So what should be your steps for pre-acquisition due diligence? Well, I lay out a five-step process. Number one, establish a point of contact. Here you need one point of contact that uh, you can lay liaison with or liaise for <coughs> with the merger target going forward. This would be the targets, typically the CCO, if the target's large enough to have such a full-time position. Second, collect relevant data. You need to obtain a detailed list of sales going back three years, three to five years broken down by country, and if possible, a further breakdown by products or services. All joint venture contracts, <coughs> joint ventures, uh, the, rather the due diligence on JVs and other third-party business partners, GT&E, gifts, travel, and entertainment expense of your top the target's top sales personnel, internal audit reports, and any other relevant documents. From this, you put together a, um, uh, a list of uh, questions that you would need to uh, put together um, for questioning. You need to also, however, obtain the code of conduct and other uh, compliance policies and procedures or the foundational documents that a company might have <coughs> to determine how they uh, do their business going forward. So from there, you're ready to actually start uh, taking uh, interviews and questions, and you need to um, interview the top management. This would include the CCO, the CEO, the head of internal audit, the chief financial officer, and determine uh, not only whether or not there are FCPA violations, but are there any red flags that need to be cleared, and then what's their attitude about compliance. From this, you should be uh, ready on day one of the closing of the merger to engage in post-acquisition integration. And the significance of being ready is you're going to be under a fairly tight set of time frames to uh, go through the four steps that the Department of Justice <laughs> says has told us in opinion releases, enforcement actions, and the FCPA guidance of what you need to move forward. So you should do these uh, four steps simultaneously with one exception that I'll note at the end uh, because of these tight time frames. First thing is you're going to use what you've learned in your pre-acquisition due diligence as your roadmap going forward, but now you're going to have to go in and do a full FCPA forensic audit. <clears throat> you're going to have to go in and, and test all the payments to third parties if that's what they use, see if they've gone through an appropriate third-party risk management life cycle of the five steps we uh, detailed earlier in uh, Hallmark number five. The uh, time frame to do so, it can be relatively short, as we saw in the Halliburton Opinion Release 0802. It can be 18 months, as set out in the Johnson & Johnson uh, Deferred Prosecution Agreement, uh, in the DSNS Deferred Prosecution Agreement, and the language from the FCPA guidance that says as soon as practicable, uh, I think you're really going to be limited to 18 months there. Uh, contemporaneously with uh, this FCPA forensic audit, you're going to need to train 
on your compliance program. You're going to need to train first the high-risk employees and then the rest of the companies. Uh, the, the, the old target, now the new uh, business unit employees. So that means you're going to have to identify the high-risk employees uh, in a way that does so quickly and efficiently. Under the Halliburton opinion release, it was a very tight time frame, 60 days to complete training for high-risk employees, 90 days for all others. Under J&J, in, uh, DPA was 12 months, and then DSNS was as soon as practicable. I think you're here, you're going to be looking at once again, up to 18 months to get everyone trained. And then finally will be the implementation of either uh, or of an FCPA compliance program. That could be uh, bringing the new, uh, newly acquired company into your compliance program. Uh, in the very rare instance, it could be actually uh, doing the reverse and putting your company into the target's compliance program. But it has to be done within 12 to 18 months. And this is going to be the most comprehensive, most critical uh, for you going forward, and, and frankly, the most difficult. So you're going to have to get a uh, handle on the ERP systems, the internal controls, uh, gifts, travel, and entertainment reporting, and integrate all of those into your program going forward. And then finally, step number four is anything that has come about from your FCPA audit and either your training or your implementation of the compliance program in terms of ongoing FCPA violations are going to have to be reported to the government. If you, d if you don't report those, you're in the situation where you are violating the FCPA. And that's where companies have gotten into trouble in the M&A context where they allowed illegal conduct to move forward. So you've got to stop the conduct, you've got to remediate it, and if you want full credit from the DOJ and SEC, you're going to have to report that um, going forward. So I understand uh, the uh, concerns uh, compliance practitioners and senior managers and the board have about self-disclosure, but nevertheless, in the M&A context, it's pretty clearly specified that if you don't uh, self-disclose, and the DOJ later finds out you're not going to get credit for this uh, completing the steps under this hallmark. So in today's world, it's certainly going to be important that you engage in both pre-acquisition due diligence and post-acquisition integration. Once again, I recognize you never have enough time to do the due diligence you want in pre-acquisition, whether that be financial due diligence or compliance, but you've got to do the best you can. You've got to document the steps you've taken. If there are things you couldn't do, document why you couldn't do them and move to do them as quickly as you can in the post-acquisition integration. I'd like to thank you very much for listening to this 10-part podcast series on the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program. I hope you've enjoyed listening to these as much as I've enjoyed bringing them to you. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much. And the next FCPA Compliance and Ethics Report will swing back to my regular podcast. Thank you again. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance and Ethics Report where I focused on one hallmark the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program. If you want more information, I hope you will uh, read my blog post today. It uh, coalites to this podcast, so I'm trying to do a uh, written and audio series for everyone. If you would like to utilize this uh, audio in any of your training materials, please contact me at tfox at
tfoxlaw.com and we can make arrangements for that as well. Uh, also, once again, the series is based upon my uh, textbook or my book, Doing Compliance, Design, Create, and Implement an Effective Compliance Program. And I would uh, urge you to go to Compliance Week and check out my book. If you'd like any more information, I have much more detail on Tom Fox, I'd like to thank you very much for listening to this episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.